0: wandering journo at stories that matter studios. I'm Nance Haxton and this is the streets of your town. The podcast that takes you on an audio journey highlighting a different slice of Australian life each episode. Buckle up to meet a great array of ordinary everyday incredible Australians. This podcast is brought to you by DM Podcasts, part of Diamantina Media, with more than 25 million downloads for a range of shows such as The Batuta Advocate and Chat 10 Looks 3. In Brisbane, Australia, and many areas around southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales, floods have inundated our homes, towns, and cities. This, on top of two years of living through the pandemic, has hit local communities hard. Artists, writers, and musicians were already at a low ebb, with little help from governments in their time of crisis. So this week on Streets of Your Town, we speak to author and proud Wiradjuri woman, Anita Heiss, who is a special guest of the 60th Brisbane Writers' Festival coming up in May. While Australian artists may have been largely abandoned during the pandemic, they are now gathering to raise money for those inundated by flood. Some may say that gathering to talk about art in the midst of a crisis is flippant, but Anita says it's actually crucial for communities to recover. She tells me in this episode of Streets of Your Town that writing and books have never been more important to give people solace in times of struggle. Anita, can you quite believe that soon we'll be doing face-to-face things again for this Brisbane Writers' Festival?
1: Well, it's interesting because
0: post the floods... Yeah, well, post floods and and COVID. I mean, really, there's. Well, it's like I feel like you can't avoid talking about those things as much as we'd like to put them behind us. But what do you think?
1: Yeah, well, what's interesting is while we were fortunate enough to have the Brisbane Writers Festival last year, when other states and territories, you know, were without for the last two years, I just came back from the Adelaide Writers Week. And I can't tell you how different it was there because... Unlike Queensland, so many other cities didn't have not had writers festivals for so long. And it was like such a celebration of just being able to come together, even though those of us from Queensland, you know, we're in the throes of a flood. I was in Melbourne. I went down. I was evacuated during the flood. I live in West End and I went to Melbourne on the Monday. I was without power. So it didn't matter where I was really if I wasn't going to be at home. And I was in, I went to Melbourne for the announcement of the seller long list. Unfortunately, I was one of the long-listed authors. But I think what we're going to see, particularly this year in Brisbane, is another one of these enormous celebrations, because now we'll be able to have people from all the other states and territories come in, even though we're, you know, I know the state library and the cultural precincts being shut. It may still be shut at the moment because of, you know, the flooding of the car parks in the cultural precincts. But by May, I think we're going to see this enormous celebration, not only of books and literature and authors being able to meet their readers and vice versa, but the the fact that we can all come together in one place again after so long.
0: Anita, are you okay after being in, an, you know, in a dent on the floods? I mean, you passed over that, but is everything all right? I'm so sorry to hear oh. that. Yeah,
1: no, no. Look, I live in a unit, so I was absolutely fine, but all the houses within my street, most of them, when I came back from Melbourne, the street was littered as we see on the news, and you know many many other suburbs, and now we're seeing in the Northern Rivers, you know people's lives out on, out in the street, out on the footpath now, and as cleanups began. I mean, I was my first time I'd experienced a flood. I moved up from Brisbane in 2015, so for me, seeing my backyard is Maywah is the river, so to see that come into my backyard and then up to the building was quite. It was scary for me, and I knew that I would be safe because I was on the second floor anyway. But you know, the tragedy that we've seen unfold across Brisbane and now moving down throughout New South Wales is just phenomenal and my heart goes out to everybody and I will say that there's lots of fantastic activities that that writers are involved including myself where we're auctioning off mentorships and books and illustrations and so forth to raise money for flood recovery particularly in Lismore and I think I lived in Sydney as you know until recently and I remember in the 2011 floods being part of so many fundraising activities that were generated by authors and I think that's one of the strengths in our community that we in the writing community and the publishing community we come together in those times of when the community needs us and, and I think we, most of us want to be able to do something but what can we do so if, if we can just raise some dollars and that, that's that's something practical as well. It's
0: that underrated aspect of the arts again, isn't it, in these times yes. of crisis, whether it's pandemic or floods. Uh, Absolutely. To, to unite people after that, to give some hope. Is that really the role of, of books and a writers' festival at this time?
1: I think it's an aside. I don't know that, that we, we all set out to do that. I think it's just part of the creative industry and the creative process that we are creative in the ways that we can bring people together. And I think the festival this year will take, as, I say, as we both think, will take on a different role because it is a place where people can come together and escape for a little while through, you know, through fiction or through poetry, you know, through children's stories and so forth, and also be around like-minded people with visions of the, for the global village that we live in. I mean, we're also seeing what's unfolding in Ukraine, another travesty. And I think there'll be plenty of conversations on panels about how we can see the world through, through through different lenses and through perspectives that can hopefully make more people more empathetic to what's happening outside of our own, you know, circle.
0: And I see that you're getting out to the suburbs as well, Anita, and, and that there's an interesting thing where people can actually, they're free tickets or they can make donations. So that's interesting as well to hear your work.
1: I think yeah, I just noticed that online today as well. So that I noticed that in, in, in Melbourne at the Wheeler Centre, it's, you know, entry by donation. So that means for those people who can afford to pay $20 or $50, that's great, but that now will cover it for people who, you know, who don't have that capacity. And I think that this is a wonderful opportunity because it means nobody misses out. And in some of the bigger festivals where ticketing is quite expensive, it does limit people being able to attend one or more. So I think that's a great initiative. I think that's the first time the Brisbane Writers Festival have done that and I'm hoping that... Um, I'm really looking forward to getting out to the libraries, you know, taking out the regions because there's also this expectation everywhere um, in every state and territory that we need to... Everybody has to come into the capital city in order to engage and to participate and have some fun and be entertained. So I'm a huge supporter of, like, taking the arts or whatever it is out to... Local areas and regional areas and so forth. So, looking forward to getting into the suburbs. I'm excited about that. Yeah, um, and
0: uh, the other the other events I see of, that you're involved in, the "Am I Black Enough for You?" Ten years on, that sounds like that will be quite interesting. How do you reflect on that ten years on?
1: <laughs> yeah, so that'll be in conversation with Fiona Stager, who you'll know, your readers will know as the matriarch of book selling and her wonderful. Shop Avid Reader in West End is, is, has done a lots of things during the floods as well. We're all up there charging our phones and our laptops and um, she made pots of tea for the elderly neighbours and so forth. So we'll be doing it In Conversation because in the last 10 years, you know, since the original edition of Am I Black Enough for You came out, we've seen... I mean, I've started learning my traditional language. We have seen, obviously life in a pre and post COVID world and, and how we navigate that as authors but just as individuals in society. We've seen the Black Lives Matter movement um, that had been going on for three decades in Australia but of course became more prominent with the very public death of George Floyd in Minneapolis in 2020 and you know, in Brisbane alone I, mean, I marched with 36,000 other people on that massive march. We've had a renaissance in First Nations writing and so I talk about, I offer 20 specific reasons on why I think readers should be engaging with black literature in Australia. We've seen Kathy Freeman become one of our you know, nation's darlings and it's been two decades since she won gold. But at the same time, we've seen another Australian elite athlete and Australian of the Year, Adam Goods, be almost crucified in the, in the final years of his playing in the AFL for the Sydney Swans, twice Brownlow medalist. And, and trying, you know, I've tried to understand or tried to throw a bit of a spotlight on, on those two sporting legends and Australians of the year to see, you know, why the nation treated both those athletes quite differently. So I, yeah, there's been a lot going on and we will have seen, your readers will have seen that uh, Aileen Morton-Robinson um, from Stradbroke Island, she re-released Talking Up to the White Woman last year. That was out 20 years Jackie Huggins, she's just re-released Sister Girl through UQP and that came out I think 24, 26 years ago. So I think many of us that are writing in the non-fiction or the memoir space are just picking up the ball and looking at what's changed in the social landscape, in the political landscape, in the way in which language is used, particularly around First Nations peoples in Australia as we are, all of us, I mean, you know, I do a lot of teach, teach PD and I say, like, me, you, everybody, we're all lifelong learners. I mean, I learn something new every day and I think part of this process and of writing and speaking at festivals is to share what I've learned but also I always, I love festivals because I get to meet my readers and I get to hear what what they liked, what they didn't like sometimes, you know. <laughs> I get to hear that too and I, that helps to make me a better writer, I think. 've got, I've got two panels, i'm right. on uh, I've got the library, I've got that, and I think there's a whole. there's a, what I would say for your readers mm-hmm. is there is something for everybody. Yes, because they are all very subjective in reading on not, not everyone reads non-fiction. Some people just want to read you know some fabulous fiction that they can escape with, and and that's great. that's important. We, there's there should be no prescription as to what makes what we should be reading. Um, I don't buy into this literary hierarchy. You know, I wrote uh, chick lit for years that people thought was, you know, romance and chick doesn't matter. But you know what? Some of those books are best selling books and you can, it, it, everything doesn't have to be uh, a challenge to us mentally. We are allowed to read for enjoyment and pleasure and it is possible to incorporate into historical fiction or chick lit and romance themes and issues and, and world politics and things that matter as well it's about how we weave it into a story to an audience that might not want to read an academic text for example
0: well speaking as the mother of a very sporty 11 year old can I thank you for giving him something to read Anita (laughs) it's been very hard at times for he just isn't interested in all the wizardry and and whatever but he he loves your sporting books and you know goes goes to them because that's his language that's he lives in that Physical space and it just links him with that mentally. So thank you.
1: I think what it is is also like we want we want young Australian boys or boys everywhere to read, you know. So we need to be writing things that they're like football or skateboarding or fishing or whatever it is. It's not rocket science, you know. If we want kids to read, we've got to write things. We've got to give them stories that, as you say, that they can relate to what their world is, whether it's TV games or cartoons or comics or footy or whatever it is, we need to be writing stuff that they're interested in.
0: And from our cultural perspective. Is there anything else you the you'd festival? like to add? Oh, I hope to see you at the uh, festival. That would be wonderful. Oh,
1: <laughs> uh, maybe. I, I just, it just seems very timely. So I have a novel that I'll be, I'll speak mm. at the library, Billy, out of Dungalong mm. and it's about the great flood of Gundagai. And I've had all these people tweet me and message me about how they, that because of what's been happening in, in Brisbane and the Northern Rivers, that, it, you know, it just re- the story resonates with them because, and now we're hearing, you know, back then, the local RG people warned the settlers not to build in this area, the floodplains, because it was flood and they didn't listen. And, of course, they lost all these lives. But there's things resonating today that, you know, things that could have been done better and so forth and how important it is to be listening to... Indigenous knowledge of land and waters and climate and so forth so I'll be talking about that at the library as well that's all.
0: Oh brilliant, no thanks so much Anita, no worries. Thank you so much Hope to see you at the festival That was Anita Heiss sharing her excitement for the upcoming Brisbane Writers Festival for this episode of Streets of Your Town of your town is produced by Nance Haxton, aka The Wandering Journo, with production assistance from Michael Adams. s o y t